today on The Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Healthcare workers are being urged to look after their own mental health. And I know that that is a difficult situation because we've seen the stories and seen the pictures and the video of how hard they work. And confidential wellness services are being provided to healthcare workers. And joining us to talk about that is Dr. Randy McCabe from the Anxiety Treatment and Research Clinic at St. Joe's Healthcare in Hamilton. Dr. McCabe, first of all, thank you for joining us. Uh, inter- Interesting times we're living in, are we not? <laughs> Good morning, Ted. Yes, I think that, that's the word for it. Interesting and challenging. You know, and I was going to say, when I talk to uh, healthcare professionals, I would suggest to you, Dr. McCabe, that when all this, when you first went to medical school and, you know, did your, you know, did all the education and, you know, got involved in everything, I'm sure that dealing with COVID-19 in a pandemic is something that probably wasn't high on your curriculum. Fair statement? Well, true. I actually went to um, graduate school because I'm a clinical psychologist. Right. We don't, um, we're, we're different than a psychiatrist, but absolutely, you're absolutely right. We didn't learn about what to do in a pandemic because we haven't been in one in a hundred years. So let's talk about um, healthcare workers. We know uh, that they have been, uh, especially when this thing first started, they were inundated. They were just hammered with uh, with uh, the workload and everybody helping out everybody else. Uh, but um, how much of a concern, obviously, was it that they weren't taking care of others while uh, or of themselves while they were taking care of others? Well, I think that you're absolutely right. Um, you know, as healthcare workers, we're, our primary role is to help others. And, and quite often we think, oh, well, I don't need help myself. Um, you know, we're the ones who are, are, are the helpers. And so it can be hard for healthcare workers to go for help, um, especially, you know, during times during this pandemic, um, it was go, go, go. And people worked harder and longer while other people may not have had work. And, and that's stressful in a different uh, way. Healthcare workers have been working harder than ever, and um, so yeah, I think that it's a really big issue in terms of healthcare workers uh, taking uh, time to prioritize themselves and um, get help for themselves if they are struggling. You know, you look back when this thing first started, and uh, of course, it's been uh, what now four months, I guess, in March till till now, or Mm nineteen weeks, or what have you. Uh, When this first started, everybody was going through the same thing: anxiety, maybe a little bit of depression. It was the fear of the unknown. A lot of people were working from home. A lot of us uh, couldn't obviously get out at first because we didn't know what to be uh, expect. So you take that and uh, put it on healthcare workers. And it's no wonder that a lot of them were feeling uh, the strain of dealing with this pandemic. Absolutely, because, you know, it, every patient that you see, you don't know, does this person have COVID? Am I exposing myself? Am I exposing my family to risk? Um, you know, so they were right on the front lines, just like grocery uh, store workers and other folks in our community um, who were on the front lines had extra stresses and strains that, you know, in addition to what everybody had of the uncertainty. So now let's talk about, uh, you got some uh, funds uh, from the Government Canada Emergency Community Support Fund, uh, which will help out to kind of, uh, in, in a perfect world, the uh, quote-unquote wish list. Where would uh, you like to see those funds go specifically uh, when it comes to helping out healthcare workers? Yeah, so we really do appreciate that support from the government for this program. And so we've, um, we're one of five provincial hubs providing support, uh, to healthcare workers and workers in the community and healthcare settings and on the front lines who are impacted by COVID and, and having stresses or strains or mental health issues or struggling. We are there for them. 
And um, as of now, it's been kind of more of a nine-to-five service that they can self-refer either through the um, email intake service or by calling. But with this donation, we're um, going to be adding a, an intake worker who is available after hours and weekends so that we are really trying to increase the accessibility because as you know, um, healthcare workers don't work nine-to-five and they may be um, working on shift work or may have had a particularly hard shift or struggling and we want to just increase the access by having um, increasing that window that they can actually hear someone um, and get support. So when you talk about the uh, intake worker who will work evenings and weekends, what's involved if somebody is a healthcare worker and they're going through, uh, they realize that there's something more going on in their lives than just the usual stress that comes uh, with uh, day-to-day work. What's involved if a healthcare worker wants to reach out? Yeah, and, and so, you know, this could be just stress from an actual situation. Like, um, you know, recently I've heard of a number of very stressful situations as family members can come in to be with loved ones. It's the healthcare workers who are there with them, seeing them suffering and, you know, not being able to be with their family. So lots of different situations have, a, have arose. So it could be related to a single situation or a number of situations or the, just the strain and stress of things going on. You know, now as people are protesting anti-mask, that's really hard for healthcare workers to hear because it's through the masking that uh, the whole community does that we keep ourselves safe. And, you know, in Hamilton, we've done a great job at, at, you know, keeping the numbers low, but it's through the masking as we move forward and open everything up that we will keep people safe. So when people, you know, that I, I've seen that being a stress and a burden uh, for healthcare workers to know that people don't want to do that for whatever reasons. Um, and so, you know, maybe they have COVID fatigue or whatever. Um, and on the healthcare workers, that's what we think is going to keep our community safe and, and the people safe. And so, you know, it could be related to stresses going on and, and, and those types of issues, because there's lots of debate. Um, it could be that they had pre-existing uh, difficulties with anxiety or depression, it's re-emerging. So there's various different presentations that we've seen um, and that they can then go online to um, our Connect St. Joe's mental health support um, line and do the intake either through um, the internet or they can call the number there um, to then reach out and then they would first talk to the intake worker who then, you know, sometimes people just need one phone call to debrief and then they're feeling better, more supported. But we have a whole range of uh, treatment offerings options, um, including um, internet uh, cognitive behavior therapy, peer support, and um, and one-to-one therapy as well. So there's a range of treatment options really depending on the need, and uh, it really depends on each individual what their need may be. Our guest is Dr. Annie McCabe, the Director of the Anxiety Treatment and Research Clinic at St. Joe's Healthcare uh, in Hamilton, uh, talking about uh, the Mental Health Support Now for Healthcare Workers initiative. And I think I know the answer to this question, Dr. McCabe, but uh, as great as the people of the Hamilton area have been in uh, responding to the pandemic and wearing masks and social distancing and the bubbles and all the terms that we have come now to talk about, how frustrating is it for you and your team as a medical professional, uh, when you hear people say, this is a hoax, I'm not going to wear a mask for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard because see, people are generally removed from, from the effects of the, what, what seeing visually the effects of COVID. So if you work in a hospital, you see people very ill and dying uh, from COVID, unless you're, you have loved ones who are affected. Um, and so, you know, our staff, uh, you know, have been uh, subjected to seeing in their in their work, 
really hard scenarios due to COVID. And, and people in the community may not see that. And they may think, you know, I've heard people say, oh, well, if we didn't do it at the beginning, why would we do it now? We're almost out of it. But I think you just have to look to ourselves to see what can happen when people don't do social distancing and masking, um, that really things can change very rapidly. And so it is hard for people to feel like they're putting their lives on the line. And, you know, they would, you know, they would hope that everybody would kind of follow the advice of, you know, public health, which is now moving to full masking in Hamilton. And, and so it is hard. It's kind of like you're putting yourself on the line and then other people aren't helping out uh, the effort for whatever reason. Like you said, some people believe it's a hoax. It's interesting. There's always conspiracy theories about all sorts of traumatic events that happen, um, you know, in the world. And sometimes it may be easier for people to think that than to think that bad things are actually happening. Um, you know, the reality can be harder to digest than to think, oh, no, this is something made up because because they can't see it. Um, so, you know, it, it definitely is challenging. You know, you talk about the conspiracy theory and uh, and people doing that. And, you know, uh, we've we've been following the lead in this country of Dr. Teresa Tam, and we've been heard from uh, uh, Dr. Williams as well. And, of course, in Hamilton, uh, Dr. Uh, Elizabeth Richardson. And, and in the States, you know, uh, Dr. McCabe, if everybody would just follow the advice of Anthony Fauci, we wouldn't have an issue. That that, that man is 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 the calming force, is he not? Oh yes, especially with who he has to report to. Um, you're absolutely right. If we all do the math, and if you look to countries who do universal masking, they've totally contained it. And um, you know, uh, and especially as we open up, that's a vulnerability where it can spread, and it can spread silently until you don't know. And then you know, we've seen in our own um, city where we get a whole. Um, you know, for example, retirement home filled with it, and they didn't even know until, you know, it's right, you know, fully rampant. And so that's where, you know, people I think are feeling, oh, well, this is over, we're moving out of it. But that's where we have to be ever more vigilant um, and follow kind of the, um, you know, the guidelines that are being given to us. Um, And, you know, I think that's also the problem is because they're doing their best, you know, our leaders and based on, you know, evidence, you know, as it accumulates. And so there's been a lot of changing messages. And I think that's helped generate this uncertainty and people, you know, you know, kind of not agreeing, but it's because they're just doing the best they can. And and now they know universal masking is the way um, to go forward in the most safe way possible and to have the best economic recovery, because you don't want to have further outbreaks or surges uh, you know, that benefits everybody. You know, uh, when we uh, think back now to when uh, we were kind of given the go-ahead to uh, go to stage two and, and people got a chance to, uh, you know, really get out of the homes and wear masks and, you know, the bubbles and the family, um, I just sensed a whole sense of relief from people that they finally had a chance to do even the little things like sit in a backyard with somebody and have a coffee, uh, socially distancing, but at least having a chance to actually sit and talk to somebody as opposed to being stuck in the house. Oh, absolutely. You're so right, Ted, that people, you know, everybody, including myself, like it was a hardship to be so isolated and to be on lockdown. And that's why it's so important. We want to keep moving in this direction that if we all wear the masks, we can continue to do so, um, you know, because that, that will continue our economic recovery if when we're indoors, we wear masks and just make sure that we keep (laughs) this level of freedom because we do know like we're in this for a longer haul. It's going to be at least a year, um, you know, before, where maybe there's a, a you know a vaccine or a treatment, so we definitely need to stay with stay the course. 
you know, it's interesting, just that a flash across my mind that when you talk about a vaccine, I mean, I know that we get every year that people saying that they don't get a flu shot for, for whatever reason because it doesn't work. I'm, I'm interested to see how many people, if a vaccine is made available in the next year, how many people would not want to have a, a possible vaccine which would help them not get COVID-19. And I'm not being flippant here. No, you're absolutely right. There will be a, a subgroup of people. They don't get the flu shot because they think it causes flu, which it doesn't. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, there is a whole subgroup of people who won't. And that's very unfortunate because, um, you know, it, with with the vaccines, vaccinations, that's also prevent protecting the community, just like the more people get vaccinated for COVID, it will protect the community from, from spread. So it, it, it's not just individuals' lives that are on the line, it's, it's our whole community. So hopefully through, you know, we can help support people. And just before we wrap up, Doctor, we've been talking about uh, the preventative measures and helping healthcare workers. If somebody is listening or they are perhaps a, a husband or wife or they have a family member that is a healthcare worker that perhaps wants to find out more information on how they can be helped to help other people, what should they do? Okay, sorry, it was yeah. hard to hear that question. Yeah. Um, oh, should... oh, I think your question was if people are being supported, uh, how do they support their loved one who's yep. a healthcare worker? Yep. I think... I think really being supported, listening, they may not be themselves, they may, may be more irritable or, you know, have different mood shifts, you know, just being very supportive and listening and, and recognizing that it, it is a hard time. Um, and so trying to validate and then and talk to them if they, if they want to talk about it, I think is the best way to be supportive during that time. Dr. Rand- time. Dr. Randy McCabe from uh, the Anxiety Treatment and Research Clinic at St. Joseph's Healthcare Hamilton, congratulations on what you're doing to help out healthcare workers uh, take care of themselves so they can help others. Thank you very much for the time. And of course, stay healthy and stay safe. Thanks so much, Ted. Have a great day. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.